we've got ourselves a serial peeper. He peeped me last night. Oh, he peeped you? <laughs> yes, it was horrible. So how was it for you? Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. What's up, guys? We're back. We are wrapping up Season 3, but it's not the wrap-up show. That is next. But we are wrapping up Season 3. I can't believe it. It's finally here. But before that, I am joined by the guy who, when you set him on fire, he just keeps going out on you, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? Man, I just sweat a lot. There's no... I, I... If Marcy came over with Al Bundy strength deodorant, I would still sweat through that fire. Uh, well, we're also joined by the guy who's just another name on the bathroom wall, Justin. What's up? Hey, I gotta play this internet bill somehow. <laughs> and my name is Al. Yes, still hard to believe. And we are reviewing the episode entitled, Here's Looking at You kid which is weird it's a reference to casablanca <laughs> here's looking is it really? kid yeah uh yeah so this is um now i checked multiple sources apparently this really did air on august 27th 1989 as hard as it is to believe because the episode right before in season three was may 21st 1989 so don't ask me, guys. I just could tell you most stuff about the episode. Maybe no one watches during the summer, so they were just like, you know what? No, just wait till August, and then we'll kick it back on. So was it? Was there another episode right after this? Oh, we should check season four, right? Like, what was the first episode of season four? It was September 3rd. So pretty much. What the hell? Like, that's kind of a weird way to do it. They just saved one of their last episodes and they're like, like, we'll put this on just as a warm up for season four. <laughs> and why is it season three? Like, why? Yeah. I don't understand this. I mean, listen, sometimes um, things could be the last production of a season and that usually will go on with like uh, cartoon uh, shows or whatever. Like if there's a season of a cartoon They'll they'll produce it all at the end of the other season and have the same uh, staff working on it, and then that staff is not there the next year. Two of those episodes will be from that season before. That's because of how long it takes to you know. Obviously, I'm talking about The Simpsons, and I know a lot of that because I listen to a podcast. But uh, <laughs> so I, I've hear I heard this every time when these guys are doing the next season. They always talk about how it's a season four production, but it's in season five. So I hear that a lot. But it's weird to hear that like a live action TV show like did that. But the real baffling part is why it's not season four. That really is the thing that's eluding me. So, uh, so it is season three, episode twenty two. 
When a neighborhood peeping Tom has taken a peek at everyone on the block except Peggy, she rectifies the situation by leaving him a ladder. This episode was written by those two chicks who wrote I'll See You in Court. That is because I, I remember those two names. They had the same first name, like Gene Burrich and Gene Romano. And I remember I made the joke that they're not related because the last names have to match. So in in remembering that joke, I looked them up and um, that's the other episode they wrote. And apparently they didn't write anything else. So um, I guess they're into edgy material. And uh, I guess this show just was shying away a little bit from that, you know, after the whole Ricola thing. Or maybe because I assume they wrote all of season three before they started filming season three. And I wonder if the reason they didn't bring those writers back for season four and onward was because of them writing too much edgy material. Yeah, that's what I think. Definitely. It was uh, directed by Jerry Cohen, who is the mainstay, of course. Because you got Al coming home and doing the no wife, no kids. Thank you. No pain the way God intended. Now I'm truly alive. And it's a classic setup where he's he's alone, and then as soon as he sits down on the couch, here comes Peggy. Yeah. I just love, like, it's one of those jokes that will become, like, it's a very common joke. But it just works so well that I don't ever see it as repetitive. And this episode does, like, use a lot of former jokes to kind of make it. Right. But this is one that I'll always accept because I just think it's hilarious that right as Al gets, like, just in a, in a place of, of calm, good nature, the, the forces that be will bring Peggy or the kids in. The insects buzz in. The the insects who want sex, Buzz. Let's have sex. Wait a second, Peg. Didn't we do it last month? Yeah, but let's finish it. <laughs> Sit up, shut up, and brace yourself. <laughs> Kids, save me! <laughs> no one's gonna help you, Al. Take me on a thirty-second trip to the moon. <laughs> Damn, it's mom's birthday. (laughs) Kids, come in here. Don't ever leave me alone with your mother again. Now, did you guys ever walk in on your parents having sex? Actually, no. Nope. Wow, I actually did two times. (laughs) (laughs) What was that like? When I was really young, it was one of those uh, cool summer nights. You're downstairs, all the windows are open. And you have a routine. Uh, I'm into horror, as you guys know, and classic horror. So somehow I learned about the monsters, and I was never really into them, and I just automatically figured, well, of course this is what I like. So on Nickelodeon, they used to have this uh, this block thing going on during the summer. So it was like Monster Mondays, Something Tuesdays, whatever Wednesdays. And what that meant was during that night they had a block and it was like six monster episodes or whatever. So I decided that I'm going to record all of them. And uh, that's what I was doing that summer. I I made sure I was always there on Monster Monday. So by the third or fourth one, my parents realized that's what I was doing. 
And so this one Monday comes up. I'm down there recording it. And something compelled me to ask them a question around. And this, you know, this was like 11 o'clock at night. Christ. Sorry. (laughs) Another interruption. So (laughs) this was like 11 o'clock. I think the block started around 9 o'clock or so or whatever. So maybe it was like 10, 1030. So I was compelled to ask one of them a question at that time of night. I don't know why. (laughs) So I go upstairs and I open the door to their bedroom because I figure they're just sleeping. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. detailed I want to get here, but <laughs> I mean, what position? Let's let's get into it. <laughs> well, my mom, uh, the best part of it is she like, I guess, jumps off of him or something. <laughs> and then in the midst of me saying, oh, I uh what I literally said, what are you doing? And then my dad yells, get a life, get out of here. <laughs> okay. So what, what year would you say that was? Oh my God. If you're going to take a stab in the dark. Or like at least how old you were. 92 or three. I was. Okay. So, um, turns out that monster Mondays was in 95, 96. Oh God. I was older. 95 and 96. Though so, summer of 1995, it was Monster Mondays, Lucy Tuesdays, Bewitched Be Wednesdays, Genie Thursdays, and Cotter Fridays. Does that <laughs> sound familiar? No, to uh, you? Yes. no Gilligan's Island. Um, and the, the only difference was in '96. Instead of Genie Thursdays, it turned to Genie Fridays, and it was Odd Couple Thursdays Ooh. instead. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i guess i was 15 then and, and i was just like <laughs> get a life get a life <laughs> so what i'm getting is if you want to have uninterrupted sex don't have kids and don't move anywhere that has a neighborhood watch <laughs> yeah right pretty much because this joke i feel is a good throwback to the neighborhood watch episode what episode was that? I can't remember. Was that first season? Oh god, that yeah, that was first season. Uh yeah, that was when um someone's house Yeah, Steve got his house broken. And that's too. when they got the dog and the dog got shot. How was school? <laughs> it was fine, mom. This is our last week. Uh-oh. I better start going. <laughs> Kelly, are you failing again? Say something to her, Al. This is no good, Kelly. Now go play. Let's not forget we're parents. Now come on, Kelly. There must be someone at school you can cheat off. You can't be a junior forever. Oh, the pressure. Kelly, you have to go to school. Kelly, you have to pass. Kelly, you have to learn to read. How am I supposed to grow up with all this hanging over my head? Come on now, sweetheart. I know you can pass. You're a smart girl. <laughs> How about when Peg laughs in Kelly's face? But then again, I can't say anything because Kelly follows that up with saying, I will not be seen sitting next to my brother in since class. <laughs> yeah, it's Kelly's horrible. Um, 
Peg wants to have sex while the kids are in the house. And at first I was I thought it was jarring because I thought she was going to continue on the couch. And it's not like they can come they can't come downstairs right away. But she uh, moves it on to the basement. Uh, so Peg breaks down the basement door. Did you guys notice that? I can't believe that Al locked her down there. Yeah, like. That's crazy. I like how she screams. When I get out, we're doing it two times, a full minute, which is great because she already referenced that them having sex is 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah, I'm glad they kept in the mathematics. However, she's giving Al 10 times more credit than he apparently deserves because, as we know, in the last episode that these two girls wrote, uh, I'll see you in court, we know that it only lasts three seconds because I timed it. I mean, you don't last the same amount of time as you normally do. That could have just been an off day for Al. Right, because it was a sleazy motel. Now, Justin, uh, would you – at what point in your life, and has there ever been one, where you last 30 seconds? There's been times where I've been like, all right, let's just do this really quick so we can get out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if I try really hard, like, I could make it happen fast, you know Yeah, but I mean? 30 seconds, Al is like – that. I don't know. No, I don't – I feel like you would have to be getting like – some other stimulation and then just like, Oh, let's hurry up and do sex. And then like, you know, right at the, (laughs) but even that transition might like re-energize you. (laughs) Do you think he like developed maybe premature ejaculation older in life? Like, can you develop it older in life or do you always have it? I'll let you know. I'm not really that old. (laughs) Oh, you're Al's age. Uh, maybe technically, but, uh, well, Al was I believe 40 when he started. Like, I think we made the joke Homer Simpson is always written as 38. But, Mm -hmm. uh, like, that's the typical age of a parent on a TV show. It's very different for some reason. The the, the new generations just seem younger. Like, even now, I picture myself as an older bud or a real young Al. I'm just wondering if Peg would have stayed with him even though he's – if he's always been bad at sex and that's, like, the number one thing it seems with Peg – why would she stay with him long enough to end up having the the chance to get knocked up? Because it definitely was not like they hooked up once and she got pregnant in shotgun wedding. Seems like they were together for a bit before she accidentally got knocked up. It would seem, I think so. So I wonder if he developed it later in life or does he have just so such control over his body that he can end it fast Right. To get out of there. Yeah, he probably found a way to end it fast to get out. He probably he just probably pictures all the hot blondes he's come in contact with in the last three <laughs> seasons. I mean, think about it. He can go right back to the two girls in uh, oh, the stewardess. Al loses chair. Yeah. <laughs> so how's the studying going? Great. We're on our way to the library. Bud's really been helping me. We've been studying history. For instance, did you know that Thomas Jefferson's wife was black? <laughs> he and Wheezy were poor once, you know. <laughs> he was a real renaissance man. He was an architect and a dry cleaner. And a songwriter. Tell him, Kel. Well, when Thomas Jefferson was writing the Declaration of Independence, on the back he wrote this song. Well, I'm moving on up <laughs> to the east side, to a deluxe apartment in the sky. We're moving on up, moving on up to the east side. Moving on up, we finally got a piece 
of the pie. <laughs> so the sitcom jokes are back. And you know what? I was literally just complaining about these. And you know what? I'm back on board with them. I absolutely love the fact that they did it again in this episode. I don't know why, but it clicked with me. To, to use an Alex term, it clicked with me in this episode. And I I really liked it. I like that Bud used the exact same teacher a theme song joke. like, And I liked it this time that he actually did tie it in because George Jefferson and Jefferson from that show, like it, it just worked out really well. When did the Jefferson, what was the run of that show? What were the years? Oh, dude, that was uh, 75 to 85. Oh, yeah? Wow. 71. Yeah. What? Wait, no, here it is, 75 to 85. I had it wrong on the other page I was looking at. <laughs> so, you know, Alan Pegg, their parenting is questionable. Yeah, <laughs> I'm worried about Kelly. Oh, well. Yeah, and with Peg, you almost feel that there's something inside of her. What do you mean? She cares about herself first, and then second, herself. <laughs> Could that be true, though? Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's something deeper inside of Peg. No, Peggy wishes she felt something deeper inside of her, uh... but all she has is Al. <laughs> Shut up and brace yourself. Peggy! There's something disgusting going on in this neighborhood. See, Peg, now everybody knows. I knew we should have skipped foreplay. What happened, Mars? It was horrible. I was just getting into my nightie before Steve came home for a little three-hour love fest. <laughs> It's all we have time for on a work night. <laughs> when I saw this hideous face in the window, it was a peeper. Men are slime. Right. Here's one. <laughs> Hi, honey. I thought I saw you over here. So, before I deck the whole herd over there, what's going on? Steve, I was peeped. It was awful. He saw me in all my nakedness. Uh, what did he see, honey? Did, uh, did he see your jimmies? He saw it all, Steve. Uh, Marcy, did they find this guy passed out in the bushes still twitching from fear? Because, I mean, just the thought of it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Uh, there's a peeping Tom in the neighborhood, apparently. So uh, there is a guy who, I guess, has a ladder or something, and he just hopes that whatever window he climbs up and peers in, there are two people having sex. Like, what the, What are the logistics? I mean, I know there are such things as <clears throat> peeping Toms, but I always thought that was more like... Jerry, when you peeping Tom... What do you do? Well, I usually wait till you're asleep. And I I get in the window. I usually have some kind of like baloney on me to give to your dog. Um, he's super nice. God, he loves baloney. Then I usually comb your eyebrows. That's um, creepy. 
You have well, you have very thick eyebrows, JP. Thanks. Um, okay, I, I don't want to learn anymore. Okay, so uh, the thing <laughs> is, I always thought that was like relegated to guys with like those telescopes who live in like New York apartments or whatever, and they just like sh- look everywhere. And when they finally find somebody doing anything interesting, they just stare at them. Like I didn't realize that. Like, to do it in a neighborhood like the Bunnies, like the suburbs, it's kind of weird because, like, what are the odds? I don't know. I, I always picture some, like, kid climbing a tree with binoculars. Okay, Marty. Or uh, what was his what was his dad's name? What the hell was his dad? George. George McFly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I always actually do picture, like, someone walking up to a window and kind of, like, getting one eye in at the corner at the bottom where it's kind of lit, the blinds are slightly lifted up and like mm-hmm. looking in that way. Like that's how I've always pictured it. Not I just feel like, or anything. I just feel like you would never like, cause I, I remember being a kid trying to pee being Tom once. Well, I was at a birthday party and, um, my friend, he wasn't really my friend, but he was like, kind of my friend. It was his birthday party. Um, I guess I was friends enough with him to be invited to his birthday party, but his mom, all the adults were like drinking and stuff, you know what I mean? And his mom was like really hot. So, um, her, her and her friend were like in the bathroom, like, and we like saw out of the corner of our eyes cause we're like out in the backyard that you could like see through the bathroom window and they're like taking their bras off and like comparing things and we're like, wow. what the hell? And so we like. But you couldn't like see like that good, so we were, like trying to climb on shit, and he was getting. And then my friend was like getting mad, and I didn't really see anything. I was like, they were backs were like facing away from the window, but you know what I mean. That was the only peeping tom experience I ever had. I was probably about twelve. <laughs> Jesus, that sounds good though. And in an unrelated topic, we like to give a shout out to Gabriel Davis. He's a, a patron of our show. And uh, we give everybody a shout out on our show who's a patron. We appreciate the support. And this is unrelated. I promise. Now, <laughs> Al has <laughs> Al has uh, multiple sex points in this episode, correct? I mean, Jerry is the scorekeeper, so. we Let's go through the episode and then towards the end of the, after we finish the episode, we'll get into it because okay. I, I can go either way on both Peggy and Al in this episode. You go both ways. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's. At I, night. In JP's bedroom. Hey. So, do you guys recognize one of the ladies in this episode? Um, yes. Yeah. We've got ourselves a serial peeper. <laughs> he peeped me last night. Oh. <laughs> he peeped you? <laughs> yes. It was horrible. So, how was it for you? <laughs> Al, please. The fat and unattractive have rights, too. (laughs) On Married with Children podcast, we let you know which guest stars are naked on the internet. And today... Oh, please don't tell me the lady who put whipped cream down her mouth was naked. Uh... Marsha is her name? No. Not, uh... You know the one that says the beautiful has rights also? The hot one? The one that's there? Oh, yeah, I remember her, sure. Her her name is Luann Lee. That's L-U-A... N-N, Lee, L-E-E, who plays Fifi, the hot one. She was nude in Playboy. Thank God. Thank you for joining us 
on this time of Was She Naked on Married with Children. Okay, and I think we have to take a Google break. Wait, what's her name? Uh, Luann Lee, L-U-A-N-N, base L-E-E. Okay. Uh, hold on, I'm still not finding this. You know, uh, for all you guys wondering what the bumps are on her nipple, that's actually Braille for Lick Here. (laughs) (laughs) Which character was this? So did the beautiful. I was peeped too. The beast. <laughs> Could you show us what he saw? Yeah. That was amazing. I love when Al does that. I'm telling you. Yeah, there's plenty of nude photos of this girl. Yeah, there's like a lot of nude photos. She must have been in multiple uh, editions. Playboys. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely all Playboy. You can tell just by the style. Yeah, you can tell, but the style's always Playboy style. Yeah. There's one really great soapy picture. Um <laughs> yeah, I see it. You see it. Okay, just just guys, right? Luann Lee Playboy nude and about the 30th picture or so. Or I, I, probably the 20th <laughs> is uh, her with soap on her. Pretty good. Okay. <clears throat> so I got a question for y'all. Mar- okay, so we were talking about lasting 30 seconds. How often are y'all going for three hours? And if you're going for three hours, is that considered a short time for you? Like it is for the man, the legend. The greatest person alive on the planet, Steve. I will never do three hours. I would be totally bored, and I would be like, okay, look. What if it was, like, multiple chicks, and you gave, like, an hour and a half to one chick, and then an hour and a half to the other chick? That works. Okay, all right. JP, you. Are you a three-hour kind of guy? Uh, I know know you're a minimum of an hour and a half. Yeah. uh, Because of uh, episode 27 of Kill the Cast. Yeah, I think the maximum, like, I ever did was probably two and some change. I don't think I've ever hit three hours. I feel like after two, you're going to get raw. Like, you're going to – like, I need a Gatorade break or something. (laughs) God, I would just start thinking about football again. Like, I don't – like, I don't have – like, I'm not going to go that long. That's why uh, men created the Hitachi to make sure you don't have to waste that much time. Yeah. You just turn that sucker on, and, and it does half your work for right. you. And then you call me when you're all good and ready. I, I would never – like, this is not any time recently, by the way. Like, I would never intentionally – like, I just don't have that much interest to go that long. Look, I love sex, but it's not that amazing where I want to devote over an hour to it. <laughs> at least at a clip. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, an hour, like, that. that's pretty good. I feel like after – like – I don't exercise enough, so after an hour, I'm probably dying as it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it just gets <laughs> too much. This is going to be an R-rated episode, guys. Uh, Jerry, uh, did Reese see your jimmies? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Marcy. What about the big boys? Did he see them, too? Steve, how could he see the jimmies and not see the big boys? <laughs> now, shut up. First of all, when I think of Jimmy's, I don't think of vagina. Yeah, we got to really discuss this because I think I think penis. I think condom. I don't think like female vagina. Steve, how could he see the Jimmy's and not see the big boys? So my power of deduction, I deciphered that 
jimmies are nipples and how could they not have seen your jimmies if they saw the if they didn't see the big boys so clearly he's talking about her breasts i don't think so because she said she was fully she was full nude they don't go wait so they saw your nipples they would go wait so they saw your boobs like who nicknames the boobs and the nipples no one does that well that's so you're saying how how would they not see my breasts if they saw my vagina yeah. So her vagina is a Jimmy? What the hell does that mean? Yes. Wait, I thought she was saying, how did she not see my nipples if they saw my boobs? That's what I thought. Or how did they not see I, my boobs? I don't think that's it because she makes the comment that she was fully naked. But Jimmys are plural. There's only one vagina or clitoris or whatever you're trying to get into. So there's there's two nipples. So Jimmys, it seems more appropriate. How could they not see my Jimmys? If they meant that, that is the stupidest thing, and I'm taking a full point off this episode. <laughs> A full point. A full point for nicknaming nipples and titties at the same time. That is just unnecessary, and I will not have those kind of shenanigans. I think that it's more that they're just weirdos, and they do stuff like that. Yeah, like like Mr. Mike, dude. Do you name your penis Mike? Okay, well, first of all, if you name your own penis, there's something wrong with you. Oh, wow. You're talking about Steve now, huh? No, Well, I'm assuming that Marcy gave him the name Mr. Mike. I don't think... Steve's going around going, you know what? You look like a Mike. You know, you know what? A Mr. Mike at that. I feel like if your penis is named anything other than like little Alex or little Jerry or little Justin, then, yeah. then uh, it's a little too much thought. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like if you give it another like man's name, it's just creepy. Well, that's what I'm saying. You don't give it the name. The woman. It's gives like, it the- so how was Bill tonight? <laughs> Jerry, before we got on the show, I know that you you know just got back from work, so you had to use the the shower they made for us in the, in the jiggly room. And a couple guys walked in on you showering, and you said it was horrible. But uh, how was it for you? Uh, it was great for me. <laughs> so uh... don't worry, JP. They didn't look as good as you did in the shower. <laughs> Yeah, and when Al said that, that was brilliant, man. When that redhead said they peeped on me and it was horrible, they said, was it for you? Like, that is just, that will never get old and that will never be, not be great. So Marcy has a nice little sadistic uh, bit in here. That's always good. Lindstrom, that's right, Lindstrom. bring him up. Yes. All right, but before we hang him, we'll bring him to my garage. We have a stereo there that we can use to cover his screams. And a screaming he will be. <laughs> I know a toenail doesn't seem like much, but when peeled slowly away from the peeper's body with a pair of rusty tweezers, <laughs> then justice will finally belong to the PP. Yes! Once again, a nice throwback to the Marcy and her deranged visions. And, I, and that's, that's the beauty of Marcy, and that's what always keeps her cool. And, you know, she loses us with a lot of nerdy stuff, and she has recently. <clears throat> but I always try to think of those things. And Do you think if the tweezers were rusty, it would actually make a difference? Nope. Like, so is it just a, a thing that makes it sound worse? And actually, that wouldn't work. They would never, they don't have the, the strength to do that. She would have to use pliers. I mean, the only difference Rusty would make is if there was some bloodshed and to get rust in your open. Yeah, you get like tetanus or something, right? Yeah. Something, yeah. But but you wouldn't use tweezers. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, tweezers, that, that doesn't even make damn sense. 
Yeah, like I learned tools like ten years ago when I was like twenty five and I started living alone. I don't I mean Jerry still doesn't know them. And how old are you? Oh, uh, I know a bunch of I know a bunch of tools. Alex, JP. Oh <laughs> I, I noticed he did that earlier, like the first time he used that joke, but I just Yeah, Alex spot. didn't, so I had to like yeah, redo um, it. Now listen, I'm gonna learn you something right now. Okay. <laughs> This guy hasn't peeped. Just you and old lady McGinty. Old lady McGinty is a callback to the episode, You Better Watch Out. The Bundys in that episode talked about where they're going to get their Christmas tree. And it was decided that they would go to the Ginty house because they throw their tree away the day after Christmas. So bring it here. Right? Now, did you notice mm-hmm. the difference in everything I just said? Yeah, it was less Irish. Right. They changed the Ginties to the Mick Ginties. I guess because saying old lady Ginty doesn't sound as cool as saying old lady Mick Ginty. I guess. I don't know. Or could it be a huge coincidence? Like, I wonder if they have like a list, like when they're writing episodes. Who do we have named as neighbors so far? Yeah, that's great. And if they did... Why would these – because that's a season two episode, right? So why would these ladies, if they saw that list, add Mick in there? It's weird that they only wrote two episodes and they still have that reference. So you could be right. There could be like a list of that type of stuff, you know, like, oh, Al's into these things. Peg does this. She's done that. These are the neighbors. Now, it's crazy that they got that redhead chick back in. Is she the one that can clean a chicken – from across the room? Yeah, she could debone a chicken from across the room. Yeah. That's her. So, her name most likely is LaRue Stanley. She was in Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Earth Angel, and this one. And I believe, I don't really remember Earth Angel like the other chicks. I was too focused on Tiffany. She, I guess, was Fanny. Her name was Fanny in every single episode. So, it turns out that Peg was the only person who was not peeped in the entire neighborhood. (laughs) Now, how you could decipher that from only four or five people coming in your house, I don't know. Uh, And a couple mentions, maybe. Okay. We'll go with it, though. Uh, Even though, I mean, they all live, like, around Peg, so she's wondering why nobody wants to look at her having sex. Uh, I think that by the time they get up the ladder, it would be over, or if they blinked. You know, there's a lot of reasons why nobody would bother, but okay, Peg is kind of self-conscious, thinks it's about her looks. So that's her big goal, to get peeped. You know, I like to explore every character of the episode and stuff. So logically, why would a peeper risk looking at so many women in such a small vicinity? Think about it. Like, if you knew you were being peeped, which they all seem to have known. Uh, that means he was caught like six times or so, right? Or eight or however. Because I know there was a few mentions also. If eight people caught you, would you really go to their neighbors? Like, wouldn't you like be in such fear? No, not really. The adrenaline is probably why they keep going to the same place. Like the fear of getting caught probably turns them on more. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would assume. If not, they're just really dumb. You know what? Okay, check this out. Who does who is the only person that doesn't get peeped by the peeper 
for almost the entire episode? Kelly? Pe- Peggy. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So who? Who? No, Bud. Bud has been referenced as a peeper before down uh, at the no. Lover's Lane. Lover's Lane peeper, though. Yeah. So he's Kelly never before. was peeped, right? Kelly was never peeped. Neither was Peggy. Everyone else, old or young, has been peeped. And as a young person, he might actually look at someone who's not as a, as attractive or older. Yeah. And he would also be stupid enough to do the same place over and over because he's already done that before and almost been busted at Lover's Lane. It could be Bud. Yeah. Be- In the episode, I don't think they give any little tiny bit of clues or nods towards that. That would be awesome if this was true. Yeah, I, I don't think it is, but... Uh, this is like the second time you've done this, you know? It's like the realm of... This oh, one's yeah, actually more cards. believable. What was I think it? my tarot card reading one was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that that's the one. Yeah, he keeps doing this. But yeah, I, I think it's in the realm of possibilities, but it all hinders on the fact that we don't know how much time he is actually spending with Kelly. Well, Jerry, I'll solve it for you in two seconds. Peg eventually does get peeped, so unless Bud is into weird stuff, which I hope he's not that weird, it could not be him. Unless it was him, and then he eventually gave someone else the idea. Whatever, but it's not. That would be a cool theory, though. Now, son, I know you're having fun with your sister, her being a, well, a dullard and all. But if Kelly doesn't get out of high school, she'll never leave home. Then Daddy will never get his own room. If that happens, I just might run amok in alphabetical order. Do you understand? Bud. I think I understand. So no Shakespeare the Friendly Ghost? No I Dream of Lincoln? No, bud. Why did you have me? Peg, why did we have him? So Peg gets a sex point. Al has to satisfy Peg. Al, you know, is lasting 30 seconds now, like I said. Wow, oh, dude, we got to talk about this. Uh-oh. We got to talk. Okay, first of all, Peggy kills an owl. Oh, she killed an owl, right. Yeah, but she, she does the whole classic setup of, you know, does my does my butt look fat or do I look fat in this? And she's like, tell me the truth. Am I losing my looks? And he says, of course not. She's like, you only tell me that because you want it. And then he tells the truth and says yes. And then she gets pissed off him again. It's a lose-lose situation. And how hilarious is that she lives out milking cookies for yeah. the people? Was he Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> He's not coming. Nobody wants to look at me. Nobody wants me. Nobody loves me. Ah! You know what you have to do, cowboy. I care about you, Pookie. Oh, yes. Do I ever. Just seeing you over there by the window really turns me on. 
Come to daddy. It's Al sacrificing himself to make Peg happy. It's it's something he rarely does, and it shows how good of a person he is for that he actually cares. Like yeah, he, well he he you know does that you, voice in the head thing where yeah, he's like, you know what you, you know got to do, do, buddy. No, he does. He says cowboy. I love the fact that it's cowboy because of how like he's into John Wayne and shit. Yeah, like, like he like pictures himself as a cowboy. You know what you have to do now, cowboy. And so he drop he drops the Pookie line. I care about you, Pookie. Whoa. Seeing you by cringy. the window. It was, but I think on this, but this is cringy where it works because like even he's cringy saying it. Yeah. yeah, seeing you by the window really turns me on. Come to daddy. Like, I'm dying at how, like, it's great because it's showing how much he loves her, but it, it's great because it's showing how hard it is for him to do it. Like, uh, when he was uh, having a hard time saying, I love you and trying to get it out, trying to, is there any right. other way I can show you that I care? Well, what they're doing is they're trying to, like, convey Al's, Al's sense of cringiness to us through, through this uh, vocabulary. You know, like that's what they're doing, that that kind of stuff. And we're like, oh, God. And that's how he feels about it. So that's the only way they can really translate his his feelings on this. Yeah, no, that's what we said. And we agree that it is done right. This is our cringiness done right. Oh, yeah. As to where like JP, do you remember what the thing was that was our cringy that we hated? Oh, yeah. During Earth Angel, how he acted in Earth Angel. JP and I hate it. It was so cringy. But... But this is Al Cringy done right. This is like perfect. Ooh, don't say that. That was done right too. No, it was not. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't think anybody agreed. It was with unintentional you guys. cringiness. No, just you two. Don't you remember? I got the votes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not my fault. I'm sure he'll peep me in his own good time. <laughs> Goodbye, mom. <laughs> Well, the peeper is still working the neighborhood. Everyone has been peeped twice. And here I am, peepless. Oh, Peg. Seeing you sitting there by the phone really turns me on. Oh, shut up, Al. You think I'm really satisfied hearing you say, 28, 29, 30, I'm out of here. upstairs to try on some clothes in the window so kelly's brain has a limit to it guys it's like giving her any knowledge is like pouring a gallon into a shot glass hey dad what you doing sitting by the dock of the bay (laughs) wasting time is she learning anything kelly what's the bill of rights the first ten amendments to the Constitution. What are the three main types of clouds? There are three. Cumulus, cirrus, and stratus. What is a synapse? The junction, a microscopic gap, actually, of two neighboring neurons or nerve cells. <laughs> it's incredible. Good job, bud. Thanks, Dad. But, uh... There is one slight problem. See, if if you take a gallon of knowledge 
and pour it into a shot glass of a brain, you're going to spill some. In other words, certain basic information had to be sacrificed. Like what? What was that? <laughs> the doorbell. Ah. Oh. Who's the old guy? <laughs> That's dad. Ah. Oh. Are you our dog? <laughs> this actually comes back this is like uh, a major plot point in season 8 episode 26 and it's one of the most memorable episodes ever it's called Kelly knows something and I'm not going to tell you what it's about or how they you know how they explored the limits of her brain and what she actually forgot when she learned new things. But let's just say it is far beyond this. What, when does this come back? You said season six. Eight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're not going to remember that. <laughs> yeah. You. Oh, good. I, I'm actually happy about that because I, I don't want you to feel like, oh, you told us this. So I think in the year 2000, 2021, maybe, you're going to find out. <laughs> so something to look forward to, guys. All right. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's so stupid when we think about this. Okay. Al, I got a problem. This peeping Tom thing is ruining my marriage. Marcy's so upset, she hasn't let me have sex with her for five days. Well, it could be worse. <laughs> I've had sex with mine for five straight days. <laughs> The only way I get through it is to put a little TV on the pillow next to her so I can watch Get Smart. Either Peggy gets five to six sex points because we we have Al saying five times. We only saw one time. So it was either the one the first time we saw it was the actual first time, the other, and then it was for four more days after that, or it was that one time plus five more days. I'm going with the extra four. Okay, so but do we count I, that, that? I'm not done. That's what we get. But if we count that many, then how many times do we count for how many times Al got to get away with sex in the beginning episode? Because he did. She gets because he gets one full point because she denied him while she was on when uh, she was on the phone. And he goes, you look so hot by the phone. She denies him. So he gets one full point for that no matter what. Just like Peggy gets one full point because we saw it happen. But if we include the five nights for that, how many do we include for him getting stopped by the kids, him locking her in the basement, and Marcy showing up? Because those three, those are three other points where he stopped sex from happening right at that moment. I, um, I would like to only give them one per day. Okay, then if that's the case, then Al would only get one. But do we give Peggy five sex points? Because she got five different days. He said five days. Yeah, but we only saw one. So it's a matter of does it count if we see it or as long as it's acknowledged in the episode. I want to say there was a previous episode where – and I think it might have been Earth Angel where it was just a 
No, because in Earth Angel, we actually saw her coming down and mentioning it directly from sex, going right into it, going directly. Into it. This, we just get it mentioned. I think both parties verified it on some extent. You know, Peg didn't actually talk about it, but if Al admitted it, then it must be true. Peggy gets five, Al gets one. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Really? So, I, you know, I mean, it was. I don't, I don't know about the the one per day rule thing. Uh, I well, here's my here's my only argument for. I don't agree with a one per day rule, but this is an instance that takes place where it, she's denied. Maybe she's denied like three times, all in the span of of less than an hour. Well, is it is it? I guess your argument would be like, it, does that count as one denial? together because it's an ongoing situation like in that moment right? yeah like i don't agree with the whole day thing i don't agree with al gets one oh, they can only score one point per day because if that's the case we would if that's the case i think we would have to go back and change points do some day. revisionist history yeah it's like one point because he denied her sex like it wasn't three individual there's no you can't prove that they would have had sex three you know, two of the three times, you know, what I mean? we're making, we're keeping at one point, but it's the, a whole day. If it starts in the morning and he denies her, and then she tries again at night and he denies her, those are far enough along in the same day that two points would happen. If it's within like the exact same hour, like this is, it's too close to count. Like, I look at it like things. this, like it's a game of dodgeball, right? Like you don't win if you dodge one ball in that game. Right. You, you, you know, there's going to be balls flying at you and you got to you got to duck and weave out of them. And if you do, then you w win the point. Well, I like having sex with Marcy. Without sex, I might as well live with my mother and be happy. <laughs> At least in the morning, I get my juice and vitamin in bed. <laughs> Women are mothers with benefits. How do you feel about that? I think I don't think no. I, one, he didn't say that. He says if I'm not going to have sex with my wife, I might as well just live with my mom, so I can have a womanly figure take care of me. Because that's what a lot of people see a wife as, as a womanly figure to take care of you. I interpreted it as women are mothers with benefits. That's weird that right. you interpret it that way. I know it's not, not based on what he said. I mean, I kind of see what you're saying there. You're saying that that um all women should have like these motherly type of things so that the only bonus is sex like that's exactly what steve is saying well yeah he is saying it. it's just worded kind of weird right it is weird yeah i'm not saying it's not <laughs> it's yeah, weird no, i'm with you <laughs> my mom would just light me up a lucky and send me off to school <laughs> al smoked lucky strikes as a kid now, you probably never heard of these cigarettes, right? Yeah, I've heard of them. You have? Yeah. Pretty sure. Are they still in existence? No, but they're pretty common through old media. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what they are. Uh, my grandmother smoked those, and she had emphysema. But are those the cigarettes that don't even have filters? No, no, no. There's there's a version that doesn't have filters, and there's a version that does. Um, but I think the popular one at the time was the version without the filter so the filterless yeah well he, she actually could have smoked the ones with filters because the reason a lot of time like the cigarette company started putting filters on cigarettes was to get women to smoke <laughs> 
It was why? aimed. It was aimed towards women. Yeah, they're like, this is too harsh. Yeah, it, it was aimed towards women to make it less harsh on them, and it, they wouldn't get like tobacco in their teeth. Like it was deemed a more like it was. Uh, what's the word that I need to use it, to make it make it more feminine? Make it more like less masculine. Mm-hmm. Right. But then the health benefits. Yeah, because I guess they it. had those little extender joints that they used. Before. Yeah, that's what they used that. to use before yeah. filters, and like now the, that they have filters. Yep. I thought those were so cool, but then I learned that they were only for women. Like, for the most, <laughs> like if you were a guy, you would just smoke a pipe. Extender. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, those things are dope. And then I was like, wait a second, why is only women smoking these? Yeah, why is there lipstick on the end of all these? Yeah, then I figured it out and I was bummed. <laughs> I only smoke cigars, so I don't even... I don't know. Keeper's not coming. Oh, God. I need a man. Let me see. Oh, well. Al! Ah, take it easy, Al. Once Peggy gets peeped, things will be back to normal. Whatever that may be around this house. You know what you have to do now, cowboy. It's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ, and I'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Merry with Children. Sitting in the morning sun, I'll be sitting when the evening comes. Watching the ships roll in And then I watch them roll away again Yeah, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time I left my home so Al gets another sex point here because he does not have sex effect. To get out of it, he peeps her instead. I don't count this as a point because he doesn't I, – I, I know there's a slight connection, but I just don't think it's enough to actually do it. Really? I think it is. Because the whole point is that he can't take it anymore. Right. Because he went five days hard. He's like, okay, I'm just going to peep this Now, trick. there's a secondary point that he's doing it for her. But I think it is secondary. Wait, because I don't think he's doing it to get out of sex. I think he's doing it because he's trying to make her feel better. That's the whole reason he's having sex with her Do in the first place. Do you think that's the to, primary? I think it's primarily to make her, like, because this is one of the few episodes that really shows how much he loves Peg and what he'll do with Peg. And kind of makes it explain more why he deals with so much crap from Peg. See, I saw it as he already did that other – had sex with her to make her – because he loves her. And now he can't take it anymore. So he's like, okay, listen. I'm just going to peep her because I can't do this anymore. I'm getting out of sex. Don't help me, Steve. I can't go on having sex with my wife. <laughs> yeah, but you're taking – see, I'm taking it as like when he had sex with her to make her feel better and that wasn't working. He's now doing something to different to make it work. To make it where she will no longer feel bad. See, I'm kind of in the middle of you guys where I think that he definitely had sex initially with her because he felt bad. That now 
she's he still sort of feels bad after the five days because she's still sad about it but he's also dealing with the fact that he is worn out from having sex and doesn't want to so i think it's a combination of both think, of those things yeah i think you're right because on the surface on the surface especially with the conversation he has with steve it's about sex but i think the you know what you have to do cowboy line that he does again in his mind is yeah. the sub is the subtext of him doing things to make her feel better because he loves her. I agree. So I I can honestly go both ways. If uh I don't know if I want to do half if we're gonna give a half point. <laughs> if we're gonna give a half point, we might as well give a full point. Yeah. Yeah, he I mean regardless of why he got out of it though. If two if if two of y'all think that this was that it's enough for a sex point, then majority rules and we'll put it as a sex point. Okay. what to say to get her to realize someone's out there so he literally said peep peep <laughs> dude that that actually was funny i was laughing at that yeah that was- <laughs> he's like what do peepers do here like can you can you realize i'm out here he just wants to get out of here and he has like one of her i like how he has her pantyhose first and you can see the two legs oh my god it was just great the neighborhood watch finds him because now there are you know with the torches and pitchforks a mob i'm joking they're all Ah. over the neighborhood and they're like looking for this guy uh you know they're like vigilantes at this point so they find him peg is still not satisfied she's upset and she pushes him you know she pushes a ladder so he'd fall over and that is something that people have cited is a a blooper in this episode because if the ladder, if, if their bedroom obviously is upstairs, so obviously it's on the second floor, but the way she pushes Al, he falls over so quickly. Like you could see him on the downfall of this thing. And if it was a real ladder that went all the way up to a second story window, if you pushed it, it would be off camera by the time it was on its downward path. It, he would still be going actually upwards. I guess it's a goof, but there's no real way for them to do that properly on a TV set budget with a live audience. Right. So and, I mean, you couldn't see it's a goof, but, right. but who cares? Who right? That's nitpicking. I am DB weirdo insert. That's more nitpicky than my. Where was the ladder earlier? <laughs> yeah, you're. <laughs> are you sure you didn't insert that in there? 
Yeah, like that's worse than me. So uh, the neighborhood women take a chainsaw to Al. Oh, honey. That was so sweet of you to pretend to be the peeper just to make me feel good. Well, great news. Last night while you were in intensive care, I finally got peeped by the real peeper. Isn't that great? I'm so happy for you. Mm, mm. Tooth. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, honey, the neighborhood women really feel bad about setting you on fire like that. That's okay. I'm just sorry I kept going out on them. Must have been all that sweat. How ridiculous is it is that they tried to do cold-blooded murder, setting someone on fire, and carving them up with a chainsaw yeah that's crazy like that's like if you did i don't if you you would all be arrested and the judge would throw you in jail because he would be like all he did was look at you which i understand is a violation and a sexual assault but you attempted not only murder but but torture and murder in cold blood viciousness your bundy level went from king kong bundy to Ted Bundy, real quick. <laughs> the Bundy meter. For real, like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like, smash his legs with a baseball bat or something so he can't leave. Yeah. Try to tie him up, whatever, till the cops get there, but... I would have even accepted the, the ripping off the, the toenail with the tweezers <laughs> over attempted murder. Yeah, if you can figure out how a tweezer can get a toenail off, then... You go ahead and do that to him. I don't know. Maybe super glue. If you super glue the tweezers onto the toenail. I don't know. It's a lot of work. Folks, a big welcome for Kelly Bundy, senior. I passed. (laughs) Thank God. I don't have to study ever again. I'm a senior. Oh, man. Two more years and I graduate. For a real celebration. Let's go out. Yeah, let's Could go. Somebody out. bring me my medicine here. Let's spend all the day. Yes. Oh, yeah. The painkiller's wearing off over here. How <laughs> the hell with him? So we should all recognize this and point this out as one of the landmark moments. Al's looking like Jason Pierre Paw at this point. He has his hands all bandaged up. He can't even put his hand down his pants. And he's just in sad shape. But they give him credit because that was nice of you to do that for Peg. So he he gets some satisfaction or something, I don't know, out of this. I, I don't think that's enough to make up for what they did to him, but okay. That's the happy ending. You know, I wonder how good Al's like, health care is because he's been in the hospital a lot. <laughs> like, like, a lot. Broken leg. Maybe the shoe in- place... Beaten and chased by the cops. Yeah, the shoe store must have great insurance. They really do, because I'm like, think about how many times have we ended an episode with Al all beat up on a couch? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it will not end here. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. Now that I think about it, that poor dude. Yeah, I just watched an episode where Kelly was making music videos, and you wouldn't believe how that ended. With her on the top of a red sports car with water getting dropped on her hopefully maybe uh a little bit better than that believe it or not 
No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. Now they are available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and have access to all of the bonus Married with Children podcast content. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. All right, Justin, how many cookies are you leaving for the peeper for this episode out of five? I like this episode enough. I thought it was kind of cool to see Al um, sympathetic towards Peg once again. You don't get that too often, you know, for him to really break down and, and truly say something cringy, you know, for her. You know, even though he's got to swallow his pride and do it that way, you know, and and wouldn't want anybody else to hear it. So it's kind of it's kind of like an interesting voyeuristic look onto him uh, out of character in a episode that's centered around sort of a voyeuristic nature. Kind of cool. Uh, coming in at four cookies out of five. Nice, nice. So, Jerry, uh, how many cookies are you leaving for the peeper out of five for this episode? I am also doing a four out of five. It's an, it's a super fun episode. I love any episode that shows Al loving his wife. And when Al calls Bud out on on his joke on Kelly, when he goes, I may run amok in alphabetical order, Bud – I, I thought that was hilarious. And then Bud leaves by going, so no Shakespeare the Friendly Ghost? Or I Dream of Lincoln? And I was just like, oh, man. It's like they're like, they're like we may never do this joke again. And they may never do this joke again. I don't know. We're getting we're getting it in. Uh, and then this episode had like three 30-second sex jokes. And my favorite one was, like, I really want to hear you say 28, 29, 30. I'm out of here. Which is a joke. Because, you know, a joke back on the the 30 seconds, uh, do it twice, it'll be a full minute from earlier. It was hilarious. Um, Al made another suicide joke that I thought was hilarious when Peggy was like, I'm going to go try on clothes at the window again. Al goes, you know, I should have joined the Bob Squad. At least there would have been hope. And uh, and we like to hit if there's references to, to uh, pop culture and everything. There are two song references in this episode we didn't go over. Right after the bomb squad joke, when Bud comes down and asks Dad what he's doing, he goes, sitting at the dock by the bay, wasting time. This is a famous song by Otis Redding, a song I really, really like, and I don't listen to a lot of old music. And then we, and then Peg sings a song, that Love for Sale song. It's a show tune. We know Peggy loves her show tunes. And it's a show tune from uh, The New Yorkers, which was a Broadway play uh, written by Cole Porter and sung by Catherine Crawford. So... There goes Peggy and her singing and knowledge of show tunes and musicals, which is where we assume P- uh, Bud gets it from. Oh, yeah. Though, like, that's how good this episode was, that there was so much stuff, we couldn't even cover it all. So this is definitely an episode. It would have been a five out of five, but I had to take that full point off. Uh, get your sex uh, body parts naming right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't take a point off for that, but I, I should have. 
Anyway, so yeah, four out of five. I think this is a super solid episode. And um, honestly, I don't know why I don't give it a five out of five. I guess there's just a few things that I'm kind of in about. It's not iconic enough. Uh, it, yeah, it's really not just, I guess it is, it has icon, two iconic things. Uh, Kelly graduating 11th grade. <laughs> That's good. Sorry. I, I, I added more knowledge and I lost some apparently. Um, and then, uh, Al doing something for his wife. That's actually meaningful and stuff like that. But it's kind of, I don't know. He does something meaningful in his wife by faking being a peeping Tom. So it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, but they, you reuse a lot of jokes in this episode, and that might that's kind of one of the reasons I have to bring it back down because you're just kind of reusing a lot of jokes you've already done. And as a season finale, I'm fine with callbacks. Oh, yeah, we didn't really talk about that aspect. Because it doesn't – once again, it doesn't feel like a season finale. Well, apparently it's it's hardly – it's technically a season opener. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're actually right. Life, life is a beach was more of a closer. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. And it, it was – Oh my god. This episode would have worked perfectly if they would have put it before the summer because Kelly graduated, which means they're going into summer. And then they would have taken the summer off and came back with her and Bud back in school. They they could have done that. It would have been great. But instead they showed this in August where she graduated. Huh. I, I really want to know why they pushed that back. That's so crazy. Yeah, that is weird. Now that we put it all together, that's why they really like crammed it down into a three, season three episode because it's the end of your fall lineup. Wow, that's weird. Like, yeah, it all ends there. And then I think June or so is like May. Yeah, May was the episodes before. And then this was August instead of. Yeah, that's just very weird. Yeah. Well, uh, this episode, I, I must say, I apologize to it and say that. I never really treated it that great uh, over the years. Here's looking to you, kid. I mean, I might have like watched a few on this disc, and then when I got to that, I, I might have. I believe me, I watched all these. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've seen every single episode at least five times. But um, I probably never really gave too much credit to this one. I was probably like, you know, my later years of all this, I was probably like, eh, I'll watch something else. And I gotta say, revisiting it was really a good time. Oh, wait a minute. I totally forgot this was the final. Yeah, we do. What a lackluster final. (laughs) Yeah, technically, sure. Oh, I wonder since, okay, when this season three is when all the hoopla went on, maybe they did push this episode back because what's her, uh, what's her name? Ricola was getting like, really was like on fire right now. Oh yeah. And these same girls wrote that one, right? Yeah. And so maybe they dropped it and pushed it back a few months to kind of let things simmer back down. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say this between I'll see you in court and this, this had to be why these two girls were never used again. They probably watched the show, got the gist of it and said, Oh, this is where they want to go with this. They probably were like, okay. Yeah. After cups run is over, we don't. Yeah. Cause they originally approved it. Cause I, I'm getting, I, I'm looking at sources too. And I see that one source says it aired at 8 p.m. May 21st of 1989. What? Life's a Beach aired then, according to everything else we read. Yeah, but both it says both episodes aired that day. Oh, really? That was not uncommon back then. That happened all the time. Well, that's... 
We have it on wax for this show, just for your uh, speculation, but we don't know if that's actually true. We need a TV guide from May of 89. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck with that. But anyway, uh, yeah, this episode, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. The Al Love and Peg thing is always great, and that's a good season finale, even though it really wasn't. Uh, I, mean, I mean, just the aspect, you know, because it's good to leave a season on a lovey thing, like they did with Johnny uh, Johnny Be Gone, and um, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking at anything, so I'm trying to just guess the stuff, but... Uh, All in the Family was like a family episode, like so. I guess you could consider that, but whatever. Yeah, it's a solid episode. Everything's great. The hot chick was hot. Look her up. We gave you all the information. Season finale? No, not a great season finale. But like we said, it hardly was. Life's a Beach was, and that was an epic season finale. So that was amazing. Great choice. Wow. So I, I just just to, to interject here. Um, I found a um, website that does list TV listings for like every channel back then. And it does say at 8.30 p.m. Uh, on Fox, it was Married with Children, Life's a Beach, slash Here's Looking at You, Kid. Wow. So they did show it both times. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, check this out. So I'm on Bundyology. And after Here's Looking at You, Kid, it says season four opener. I wonder if they showed Life's sure. a Beach and Here's Looking at You Kid on the same night. And then in for season four premiere, they showed the season finale of epi- of season three. And then the season premiere season four, you know, in the season with two last episodes, then begin the new season with the previous right. season and the new episode. Huh. I don't know. Because, I mean, at this point, isn't Fox still like – they're only like two, three years in, so they're still like probably needing yeah. to fill space. Yeah, there's this uh, website that you could type in any date, and it tells you what was on T- on uh, ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC at the time. Oh wow, that's crazy! You know what else is crazy? How is Fuller House getting renewed for a season four by Netflix, and we can't get a Married with Children? I th- has has David Faustino talked to Netflix? <laughs> Does well, Netflix know that we're out here grinding on a podcast to make this happen? Interesting. It also has the ratings. So Wonder Years beat out Married with Children by 0. 0.3. Ooh. I Eight wonder three. how I wonder Roseanne how was killing big. it. Oh yeah, Roseanne, like Roseanne did good up until like their season like seven or eight. Well, also Murder She Wrote was killing it too. Murder She Wrote did way better than both of those shows. <laughs> Dude, that's because old people love the hell out of Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, and then Mickey Spinelli's Mike Hammer was on after that. I actually, <laughs> believe it or not, I don't care if Married Children wasn't like the top ratings and stuff because it actually makes it feel like more mine. I don't really care if the general public likes this show. <laughs> like, just like I don't do this podcast for the general public, I care about people who love this show. That's that's my interest. Like, I, I know it sounds weird. Like, you, you want your show to be the epic, you know, juggernaut of the world, of course. You want everybody to realize how great your thing is. But, I don't know. I actually don't care. I mean, it's not really a relevance to me. It's not like it hindered anything. Like, whether or not this was number one, it doesn't mean anything. It lasted 11 seasons, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. 
I can't believe the actors stayed on for that long. That just shows their dedication. And it's cool to think of like you're looking at Al in season four and you're like, wow, just think. Ed O'Neill is so into this that he's willing – he's going to be here for like another – like. It, it's cool to, to think that way. So I, I have – I could care less. I'm not saying I'm like disregarding what you're saying. But I'm just saying I could care less if like the general public liked this. If they did, I probably wouldn't – it works to my benefit that they don't like it. Or, or that they don't get it. So that's that's cool. So Murder, She Wrote and Roseanne was more popular than Married with Children. At that time. Now, Murder, She Wrote is like nearly t- – it's almost double as popular. Even, w- even with a repeat, it seems to be like doubling out uh, really? the rating. Yeah. So that, that show is very popular. Um, the Wonder Years was a repeat as well. But um, let's just – just for a quick – you know, example. Let's see the debut of, of of season four and what that did um, for Married with Children, which aired in sept- September third. And we'll see. We'll see what that was. What site is this? It's called uh, TV Tango. Married with Children went directly up against. It went up against nothing good. <laughs> so it went up against uh, the many loves of Dobie Gillis. Oh. And uh, my two lovers in 1986 movie, and it did it did 10.4 in the ratings, uh, and just for comparison, Murder She Wrote did 11.8 an hour earlier at eight o'clock. So it did really good for its opener. Yeah. Um, it doubled MacGyver, which was a repeat, um, and it almost doubled Family Ties as well, which was a repeat. But still, it, it did really good for its opening. There you go. Well, there you go, guys. So, big news to, you know, if you're still listening to us at this point, (laughs) (laughs) you're obviously, you know, really into this. You're just as passionate as we are. Our season wrap-up shows are now on, you know, they're exclusively Patreon.com perks, you know? You go on there. It's just like if you have PayPal or anything... If you ever bought anything online, it's easy to, you know, get on. It's it's basically a thing where you basically support the show. You know, like, a lot goes into this. We actually paid a lot of money for a lot of things that go on on this show. Like, just our, our artwork for our banner alone was, like, over 200 bucks. You know, we, we had to buy those two Mara Children pornos <laughs> that we're going to eventually... Uh, review uh, just the content of you know the in-betweens um, and things like that so it's just like you know recognizing all the hard work we put in all the hours all the uh, production we put in and we're just asking for a small donation you know five dollars a month uh, I'm sure you don't even have to donate every month it's not like you're committed for the rest of your life you can just put in whatever you want to do and if you do you're uh, entitled to exclusive content like we did a bunch of commentaries now uh, four or five at this point we do uh, roughly two commentaries a month And but what we're doing this month is um, the season three wrap up show you guys heard our first two you know what it's like you know how we do it so that's what's going to be exclusive to Patreon. But just for you guys who are not on board yet and you're like skeptical of, well, if I give you $5, what am I actually going to get? Well, uh, we're going to do a little special for you guys because it is unfair to ask you to you know, help us out or whatever if you don't even know what you're getting. So we're going to do a 
commentary for the public. We're going to do a video commentary. You watch the episode along with us. We talk over it. Uh, it's an episode we already reviewed because uh, we don't want to jump ahead of ourselves. You know, before we get like way too crazy with a lot of patrons of the show, if you're new to this and you just join us now, you actually get to pick the episode that we do a commentary on. So you can watch along with us. We'll do a video commentary on whatever episode you choose if you become a patron of the show. So go on patreon.com slash married with children podcast. That's where you're going to hear the season three wrap up show. You're going to get all those video commentaries. But like I said, this next video commentary will be available to you so you can see what we've been doing. And then you can decide whether or not you want to be a patron of the show. If you do, we appreciate it. Thank you. And you'll get a shout out on our show as well as all that exclusive content. So guys, next week is not a regular show. It is your bonus ode. This is your taste of our Patreon exclusives. It will be a video commentary. Tune in for that. You will miss the Season 3 wrap-up show unless you become a patron of the show. We will see you next week. (laughs) 